Duke's mail. Do you get it? Because only the ones that get it really get it. Your friends get it. Your mom gets it. Your grandma gets it. Your neighbors get it. Sometimes a dog gets it. Get out of there. What else? Uh, your potato salads get it. BLTs get it. Tailgates get it. And restaurants get it, too. By now, even you probably get it. So get it today. Made without any sugar since 1917, Duke's is that little southern something that makes good things better. Get Duke's. It's got twang. Open up a tab, grab a seat, and pour a pint. It's time for the Beer Guys Radio Show. You want free beer? Go to the brewery. Dedicated to the art, science, and enjoyment of craft beer. Yeah, what's wrong with the beer we got? Now, here are your hosts, Tim Dennis and Aaron Williams. Welcome to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We are radio for the local craft beer movement. Broadcasting from our flagship studios at AM 920 The Answer in Buckhead, Atlanta. And I'm Aaron Williams. And I'm Tim Dennis. And it's Thanksgiving weekend, Yes, it Aaron. is. That's what we So we, we hope everyone's enjoying their, their turkey day, all the dressings, family and friends. And uh, definitely some great craft beer to go along with it. Absolutely. And, of course, we're also spending this weekend with our friends and family. So in this episode, we'll be bringing you some of the interviews that we enjoyed over the past year. And just a quick note, we won't have a Truck and Tap Beer of the Week. Headlines brought to you by your pie perimeter and some of the other things that we usually have on the show. That's right. It's a special episode. So let's get right into it now. Earlier this year, we talked to a Huntsville area brewery making some really nice liquid blue pants. Let's hear that interview right now. We are in the studio this week. We're talking with Mike Spratley, owner of Blue Pants Brewery in uh, Madison, Alabama. How's it going? I'm good. How are you guys? Excellent. Uh, of course, again, like I said, Mike uh, is the owner of Blue Pants Brewery, uh, one of Alabama Huntsville area's uh, nice, better breweries, I'd have to say. We're, we're big fans of it uh, uh, here on the Beer Guys Radio Show, and uh, we're also fans of that you sent us beer, so thank you we for do. doing that. Speaking of that, Mike, we're actually, yeah. we've just opened your Oktoberfest here, and we're going to pour some of that and pass it around. You want to tell us a little bit about this beer? Sure. Um, our Oktoberfest is a, it's, it's really nice. It's a traditional Actually, we kind of call it a Vienna-style okay. uh, Oktoberfest. Uh, it's a little lighter in color than some of the American just ones that. we've yeah. seen lately. Um, but uh, we, we kind of think that a lot of the Germans are going for this lately. And it's kind of evident in, in uh, Sierra Nevada did a collaboration that's a uh, very similar beer, I think, in terms of uh, color and overall character. So Yeah. Oh yeah, I just noticed um, this too. It's yeah, it's quite mm-hmm. light. Uh, you yeah, know, very golden. very golden in color compared to yep. the most Oktoberfest. Yeah. Now these yeah. Uh, German beer and foods and that very popular in in uh, Huntsville area, correct? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, I mean, there's a couple good breweries that are. You know, we we do a couple great German styles. We do a traditional German Pilsner uh, mm-hmm. as well. That um, we're we've been told it's the best one outside of Bavaria, but you know they might be biased and. Uh, <laughs> There's another brewery in town, Yellowhammer, that does a, a great yeah. selection of German beers as well. So uh, definitely popular. I mean, we got some uh, German uh, heritage people uh, south of us in Coleman. So um, I think there's a lot of a lot of popularity for the styles here. Yeah, so. this one's nice. It's a little lighter than yeah, it is. As, I mean, in keeping with the look of it, it's uh, a little crisper, I guess. A little maybe a little drier. Not quite as much malt sweetness, but uh, mm-hmm. very clean, drinkable beer. Well, thank you. And the other thing we try to avoid is um, we kind of feel like a lot of the American representations right now have that um, American caramel malt sweetness right. to them, yeah. which, yeah. Um, I don't know, it can be kind of cloying uh, sometimes if, it, if it's overused. So really sticking to the more traditional um, German-style malts. Is, and it's, it is. It's 100% German malts all from Weyermann. Um So it's a, it's a really nice. rich beer. Great. 
Well, Mike, I tell you what, as we enjoy this, uh, jump right into it here. Why don't we start off uh, kind of a basic question we like to ask all guests. Uh, what's uh, what's your backstory? What kind of got you involved in the beer world? Sure. Um, uh, I used to be an engineer. Um, my my wife and I, uh, we um, I'm from Alabama. She's from Michigan. I went to school in Michigan. And uh, we lived in Seattle for a little while and uh, kind of got hooked on some great uh, beers out there. And then moved back. I actually lived in Atlanta for a little while, went to Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. And then um, we moved to Alabama, and it was before they um, had the opportunity to brew uh, 6.3% above alcohol beers. Um, it was before the law change, which was back 2006. So kind of got into home brewing because I couldn't drink an IPA in Alabama. And then um, it kind of grew from there. I mean, that, that's basically how I got hooked on beer. And then the business just kind of came naturally as um, – we we thought it was a, a neat idea and we enjoyed brewing. So now, Mike, when did you guys open up? It was actually in 2010, but I like to tell okay. people that 2012 was when we started to count. Yeah. Um, we uh, originally started in about 400 square feet, uh, really tiny, tiny brew house, Nano Brewery, uh, about a barrel and a half system, and then we jumped up to a uh, 15 barrel brew house in our current space in 2012. That so. barrel and a half system that'll keep you working. That'll, yeah. that'll keep you going <laughs> yeah. there. So. A lot of late nights with that one. Yes. It was pretty busy. It was also pretty uh, janky. We uh, It was it was engineered from some old wine barrels I got from a winery in Mississippi that had closed down. A lot of uh, a lot of electrocution involved in that one while we were trying to work <laughs> yeah. on it. So. Nice. <laughs> the singeing of the hair. That's uh, that's yeah, the best part uh, about it, right? That's yeah, funny. It, it wasn't pretty. Wasn't yeah. Pretty <laughs> well, you know what? I, I really think it's coming along, actually, over the past six years or the past four years, depending on if you're counting or not. Uh, you just recently won a World Beer Cup Award for your Dortmund or Adam beer, and you also won silver silver at the Great American Beer Fest, too. So uh, so people are starting to take notice of, of what you're doing. Yeah, I hope so. Um, we've uh, we've made real strides in, uh, in improving our quality over the years, and it's always been our major focus. Um, the um, About two or three three years ago i'm kind of losing track of time at this point um we uh sent one of our brewers to the siebel institute um uh which is really one of the most prestigious uh beer academies in, in the world uh he actually did some training over in germany and uh, that's where he discovered the dortmund or adam beer style that uh we won a bunch of awards for uh that was that was pretty neat and i remember him texting me from germany saying we have to brew this we have to brew this so um yeah, so we we've continued to make strides and continue to invest in uh, trying to get better and better at brewing beer and and trying to do more more and more complex beers. Um, you know, we've done some lambics. Uh, I mean, not true lambics. We're not in Belgium, but we've done some Alabama lambics, as we call them. Right. Nice. And uh, and um, you know, we we do a lot of kettle souring, which is pretty neat and I think unique to this area. So, um, so yeah, we have a lot of fun with it. That's awesome. Yeah, you, so one we're, we're very familiar with, uh, I, I've drank quite a few of them, is your uh, Pinstripe series. I do like that one, yes. So we've got, uh, you know, I tried the, the Pinstripe uh, peanut butter was the first one I was introduced to. I got that at uh, Below the Radar. We were, we were over there for the Rocket City Brew Fest and got that. And so I tried that in the base, and I actually got some of that Alabama Lambic at uh, Bottle Shop there in the Bread IPA, and brought a lot of your beer back actually when I came awesome. back. <laughs> so we've uh, we've enjoyed it, but uh, we've actually we brought some from our stash in here. We got a bottle of the Candy Bar uh, yeah. to open up here a little bit later. So you know, really Very enjoying cool. that. So you now you said I know you've done a lot of uh, creative. You talked about like I enjoyed your Bread IPA quite a lot. You know the Alabama Lambic and that. So 
what do you since you've already done a lot of creativity what do you see what's the future for you hold what uh, where do you want to go with things uh, we're not running out of the ideas yet i mean that's for sure um we're you know one of the things we're about to do is a, a dry hop sour um the one of the beers i think i sent you guys is actually our double ipa yep and, yep um, mm-hmm. The reason why I sent it is we just we just went through an entire redesign on it because of some hop availability. And what we started trying to emulate was some of these Northeast IPAs that have become increasingly popular. Um, and uh, they're all unfiltered and, and very, very, very rich and juicy. And so um, that, that's what we kind of tried to do when we redesigned it is to understand those that new style and, and what's going on there. The dry hop sour that I was – starting to mention is sort of we we even took that step one one step further and we're we're using a uh yeast that, or um yeah i'm sorry yeast strain that can produce a flavor compound similar to that bread ipa the pineapple taste and things like that right sort of against like a goza style sour kettle sour to really kind of play with it and have some fun so is that the uh, sac strain that you're using uh it's it's actually we use for um, most of our yeast lately we're using uh um Imperial Organic Yeast, which uh, is a spinoff out of, uh, I guess, the Swai Yeast that used to be one of their technicians. And he started a new group that we've had a lot of great success with. And their strain is a, is a it's called Dry Hop, and uh, the actual yeast used to be classified as a Britannomyces, but it's not actually Britannomyces. Okay. They kind of thought it was for a long time. And then it's that with blended with the Conan yeast. The Conan yeast is the one we use in the Wheaties Double that um, is kind of the reminiscent yeast. Of the I'm getting excited to open this beer, Mike. I was going to so, say, yeah. you start talking Brett. No, <laughs> As no, a matter of fact, talking I'm going to open this beer. There so. you go. So while, so while Tim opens it, got a, got a couple more minutes in this segment, too. So so why the name Blue Pants? i got to ask. Uh, it's actually my wife and I. So when I started this business, I was an engineer and she was a teacher. And so um, I obviously had to have a lot of commitment from her to be able to do this yeah. on the side. So we, uh, I created the Blue Pants name as uh, she's blue and I'm pants, and um, we kind of went from there. Uh, for, uh, you know, for better or for worse, we, uh, uh, we, you know, for a while we had beers named like Knickerbocker, and um, I mean, Pinstripe is still a holdover from yeah. when we were naming things after pants. The pants so, theme. There you go. But we, we kind of ran out of ideas after a while, to be perfectly honest, and decided we should just name things more straightforward, like hot roasted IPA. So. There you See, go. it sounds um, like I've used that method of naming beers before by just looking at stuff and whatever I see in my garage. <laughs> and so I ended up with a homebrew named Gas Can Viking Helmet. <laughs> I like it, was, it. It was actually one of our most uh, popular beers. It was a uh, what was the style in that, hmm. Brian? I forget now. Is that, was it a Hef? Yeah, it was kind of a Hef with a lot of biscuit malt. As I yeah, yeah, so that's uh, that's right. We we're going for a lemon scone beer there. <laughs> yes, originally so yes. So yeah, someone joked. It's like you ought to just grab things out of the air, and we named it that and made a little logo for it and stuff. So yeah, like an I stuff. love lamp IPA. Yes, exactly. <laughs> that's lamp. it. So. That's it. <laughs> We'll be back right after this with more interviews from the past year, and you're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Hey, everybody. It's Scott from Burn Hickory Brewery in lovely Kennesaw, Georgia. You're listening to Beer Guys Radio. The Beer Guys are back right after this. Morgan and Lisa with Your Pie Perimeter here. We'd like to invite you to our store for a beer. Is there anything better than pizza? Yep. 
brick oven pizza that's made fresh and paired with a cold craft beer. That's what you get at Your Pie Perimeter, located in the Perimeter Place Shopping Center by Perimeter Mall. It's the perfect place to relax on the patio with a pint after work or bring the family in. Follow Your Pie Perimeter on Facebook for all our beer events and specials, including beer tastings that you won't find anywhere else. That's Your Pie Perimeter, located in Perimeter Place Shopping Center next to Chipotle. Tell them that the beer guy sent you. Hey, it's Aaron, and you know what I hate? When I miss a favorite TV show and forget to DVR it. Don't let this tragic tale happen to you when it comes to Beer Guys Radio. Subscribe to us on demand. It is easy. If you've got iTunes, Stitcher, or any other iOS or Android podcast app, search for us, or go to BeerGuysRadio.com, click Listen, and you can copy and paste the RSS feed. While you're there, by the way, give us a review. It really helps. That's Beer Guys Radio on demand. Catch it today. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Well, I'm sure I'd feel much worse if I weren't under such heavy sedation. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show, beerguysradio.com. This is our special Thanksgiving weekend show. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we're breaking format just a little bit, bringing you some of the interviews that we enjoyed over the past year, including this one from Three Taverns Craft Beer out of Decatur. We have got three taverns in the house. Brian Purcell, he's the founder, owner, I guess, and uh, general bigwig. Uh, is that is that your official title? Depends on what day it is. Yeah, okay, good. Right. <laughs> of three taverns, <laughs> chief cook and bottle washer. That's right. right. Three yeah. taverns, craft brewery. Correct. Yes, and uh, you're on von Hinderocker. Yes. Did I get that right? Am I close? Hinderocker. Yeah. Hinderocker. Okay. That's. <laughs> I have to get that, that 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 going on. I can't do that. Yoran so. and I had a conversation one time about the the proper way to pronounce goza. Yes. And uh, or a goose. Goose. <laughs> Who's and see that's so I was like who's he? he's like who's no it? who's it's like okay let's like let's just drink a beer I'm not going close enough there excellent so. excellent well congratulations on your three year anniversary that's uh, of course got a big celebration coming up uh, here soon and we'll uh, we'll talk about that too so thanks tell us about the start of three taverns uh, began with a, with a trip to Belgium right uh, or even before the inspiration for Belgian beer began okay uh, 1994 on a night in Brussels so um, that's when I was first introduced to the amazing. Trappist beers and all the wonder of the selection of beers in uh, Belgium and came back to America and here in Georgia, you couldn't get those beers. So that love was dormant for some time. I started home brewing in uh, the early 2000s and um, just uh, really, I brewed a lot of beers, but Belgian beers were the beers I loved to brew the most. They were the beers I thought were the most interesting uh, maybe most introspective uh, experience when drinking Belgian beers. Uh, there, there's a lot to ponder and consider in the complexity uh, that that Belgian yeast gives to beer that's unique to really any beer in the world. And I always found that uh, making a really good Belgian beer uh, to style or even uh, spinning that style somewhere else was really hard to do because uh, you can't hide behind the hops when you're making a true Belgian beer. So that was really uh, the beginning of the seed for a Belgian brewery, though I didn't know it was going to be a brewery at the time. It's, it's, um, I love to brew Belgian styles. I do a lot of, a lot of saisons for my home mm-hmm. brew, and it's just it's fun to see the, a little different temperature change, you know, a little different this and that with right. those yeast, you know, what the complexity and the depth you can get out of them. They're just uh, a lot of fun to brew and drink. That's so, right, yeah. But speaking of beer, we opened uh, one of yours, a pale, uh, recently. You said it's part of your the Hop Project? Uh, the Hop Leaf Project. The Hop Leaf yeah. Project, okay. It's brand new out-of-the-gate project that we just launched. This was really a project that was inspired by the brewers. Uh, at three, I'd say the team of brewers at Three Taverns. Uh, we've had such a good time, or the brewers in particular have had such a good time with the Sour Asylum series. 
that. Um, and it's been easy to do, or how do I say that? It's because we're limited, uh, limiting the series to draft only, mm-hmm. and we're only making a small batch each month or each six weeks. Uh, we've been able to manage that, and we looked at our schedule and thought we could do the same thing with another series of beer and decided, well, what do we want to do? And, uh, Yoren, maybe you could speak to why did we decide to do a hop forward series of beers. Um, I'll let uh, the Belgian talk about uh, hoppy, hoppy beers. Hoppy beers, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's perfect. The, the, the expert, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> so what about this one that we're drinking uh, right now, Yoran? What's, uh, what's the profile on this one? So this is basically pale ale. We use uh, Palisades, Galaxy, and Eldorado boat, um, Whirlpool, and dry hopping. Um, we uh, Bittering is all uh, hop extract that we use. We've been heavily experimenting with hop extract um and uh, like we, we've decided that we're also for like night on ponds, we'll, we'll go for extract to bit for bittering because um, it's just more efficient. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the the hop project for us is is just to to play around. I think it it, it came out also when we made the the three day IPA for Decatur right. mm-hmm. Arts Festival, um, which was a big hit. And all everybody at the brewery really enjoyed it, and uh, so um, we really wanted to make different hoppy beers. And and you know we have a couple of ideas that we're working on. So now with this one, will the will the base beer remain the same, and the and just the hops profile change? Um, no, no. Okay. Uh, this has spelt malt in it, mm-hmm. uh, so you know we will change alcohol, we'll change malt bill, we'll change hop profile for sure um i've been looking for some uh for some hops um probably some experimental hops that we will use in the future but also we're looking at uh some belgian hop farms to maybe try and experiment with that as well very cool yeah. so we're talking to uh Euron Hinderachter, von Hinderachter, the head brewer, and Brian Purcell, the founder of Three Taverns Craft Brewery. I'm going to completely butcher your name, Ron. I apologize the entire time. So, right. uh, yeah, we talk, talk about the hop forward beers. Now, let's go ahead and talk back to some more of the Belgian styles, too. Uh, you know, you say on, the, on your website that uh, you kind of style in the Belgian way. What, is it, what does that mean to you all? Mm, the Belgian way. Yeah. Um, well, for me, and, I'm, and, and of course, it's going to mean something different for Joran because he grew up in Belgium and uh, is steeped in the tradition that is more of a romantic ideal for me. But um, it just means um, uh, a real commitment to quality, to uh, experimentation. If you look at the Belgian beers, they were really the early explorers in beers, uh, venturing outside of the lines and using sugar in beer and spices in beer and uh, then the wild yeast. Um, and the open and spontaneous fermentation. They were doing things that really no one uh, anywhere else in the beer world was doing uh, before anyone else was. So it's really, um, that's that's a, really woven deeply into the um, fabric of Three Taverns. We want to continue to experiment, continue to explore. Uh, you see that in the Sour Asylum series, even though that's not uh, really Belgian influence, that's German influence, uh, that type of uh, souring. But... Um, it's the experimentation and the uh, attention to tradition, uh, but not being rooted or, or uh, controlled by tradition. 
Now, I know, Brian, back, I think, Yaron, at the time, you were working on your visa to get over here, actually, and I was talking to Brian, and it was important to you, Brian, to have a Belgian brewer. I remember speaking to you, and you mentioned that, that uh, you wanted to get and get Yoron over here. So, uh, uh, Yoron, what made you decide to come from Belgium to, to brew in America? Uh, I don't know. Don't know? Crazy? <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's... No, I... Um... Uh, back in 2008, I did a, an internship uh, in uh, New Belgium, uh, in Fort Collins. Um, learned a lot there. Uh, had a great time. Um, definitely in the weekend skiing, yeah, riding my sure. bike. I had a lot of internship. Fun. These yeah. skiing, That's what they call it, exactly. Hiking yeah. the mountains. I also helped the guys at, at New Belgium. I worked on their bread beer filtration, uh, which sometimes was boring, but. It That's really, what interns, interns have yeah, to do the yeah. boring stuff anyway. Yeah. Um, so you know, I I knew, I knew the American beer scene a little bit, I guess. Um, and then on on one particular day, I got an email from Brian saying that he's looking for a brewer, and uh, I don't know. I I thought about it, and it was a very Brian, a very compelling right uh, email. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You yep. convinced him to come all the way over here, exactly. Not, not a lot of skiing here, but no. uh, still, no. that's all right. Now, you're on your uncle's the brewmaster at, uh, at New Belgium, correct? Yes, yes, he is. So, Peter uh, uh, Bukart? Bukart, yeah. So, yeah, very cool. So, two members of the family brewing over here in America. Mm-hmm. So, very cool, very cool. Excellent. Well, we're about to take a break. We're going to go. Oh, we actually have a minute left. Sorry. See, Marquise is back behind the board. I don't. I don't have a, a quick grasp okay, of so the uh, thing. So I don't know if we can get this in a minute, but I'm going to bring it up. We can finish it when we get back. Uh, Inceptus. So yeah. this is. I know the the story behind this beer, and we've talked about. You know, kind of the. I know it's not a, a you know a, a lambic or that, but kind of in that tradition of the wild and fermentations. Of that can you tell us about Inceptus and kind of you know what got you to go for that beer. Yeah, we actually uh, the the bottle with no label is actually this year's version. Oh, nice! Okay, um, which no one has had. Actually, <laughs> oh, like that's okay. even better. Okay, but um, yeah, so basically, Inceptus started off uh, that we um, I was brewing in a, a snowy day on a snowy day, um, and we put some wort outside, and uh, we let that sit overnight, and then put it in. Um, I think it's a Five gallon, the five gallon uh, oak barrels. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let it go in there. We'll be right back after this with another great interview. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show, beerguysradio.com. I'm Josh Rachel. I'm the co owner and brewmaster at Jekyll Brewing, and you're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. The Beer Guys are back right after this. The Beer Guys Radio Show on the Beer Guys Radio Network. Beerguysradio.com. It's Aaron and Tim, the beer guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock is always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy. They have 12 of them. Bottles, too. Not sure what to drink? All of their beer servers are Cicerone certified. And if you got someone who isn't a beer fan, not to worry. Truck and Tap carries wine, mixed drinks, and even handcrafted sodas. As for the truck part, well, that's when it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta-area food truck. Daily. That way, you're getting a different menu every day. Check it out. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the beer guy sent you. 
Hey, it's Aaron. I want to give a quick shout out to our newest sponsor. It's Hopspot Beer Tours of Atlanta. Now, there's a lot of tours out there, but what makes Hopspot Beer Tours different? Well, you get exposure. There's more to Atlanta craft beer than just breweries. A Hopspot Beer Tour gives you the who, what, where, and when to craft beer right here in Atlanta and the state. Education. Whether you're a native, a transplant, or a visitor, you'll always learn something new. And connection. Hopspot connects you to guests, local breweries, and businesses to create those lasting relationships. We invite you to check out what makes Hopspot different. Like them on Facebook, follow them on Twitter and Instagram at HopspotATL, and of course, visit HopspotBeerTours.com. Use promo code BEERGUYS10 and receive 10% off your order. Hopspot Beer Tours. Hop on, get connected. That's HopspotBeerTours.com. Morgan and Lisa with Your Pie Perimeter here. We'd like to invite you to our store for a beer. Is there anything better than pizza? Yep, brick oven pizza that's made fresh and paired with a cold craft beer. That's what you get at Your Pie Perimeter, located in the Perimeter Place Shopping Center by Perimeter Mall. It's the perfect place to relax on the patio with a pint after work or bring the family in. Follow Your Pie Perimeter on Facebook for all our beer events and specials, including beer tastings that you won't find anywhere else. That's Your Pie Perimeter, located in Perimeter Place Shopping Center next to Chipotle. Tell them that the beer guy sent you. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. Oh, God, here we go again. Dork alert. And welcome back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. BeerGuysRadio.com is our website, and it is our special Thanksgiving weekend show. That's right, and we're giving thanks by airing some of our more fun interviews we've had over this last year. So let's get right back into it with our interview with Monday Night Brewing. Jonathan Baker. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Jonathan, thank you so much for joining us for sharing beer and in good times here. Um, tell you what, before we get into the hard, hard questions for you, we just cracked open an hours-old Slap Fight IPA. Why don't you tell us a little bit about this beer? So this is our first canned beer, mm-hmm. um, and we actually, um, this was the first uh, beer that we developed uh, 100% with our uh, our new pilot system. And uh, it's a it's kind of a West Coast-style IPA, um, but with some really kind of dank tropical notes to it, a little bit of, uh, papaya, um, some dark fruits, very interesting hop bill, um, Bravo, Comet, Equinox, Mosaic, and, uh, it's 5.8%, 58 IBUs. Um, it, uh, it, it hits you in the face with the hops. Uh, actually, as we were developing it, we were, we thought we had it. And then we realized, you know what? I think the aroma is not quite there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And the brewers uh, ended up doubling the dry house. Well, they did it. it. There's definitely the aroma there. But, uh, yeah, it's been interesting. You know, we were talking during the break about IPAs and how they've kind of changed or morphed a little bit. You know, they're not necessarily known for their big, piney, you know, grapefruity West Coast classic style anymore. More of this style where it's more, like you said, a little bit more tropical fruity. uh, Get some bitterness in there, but also the aroma as well. So uh, it's been kind of an interesting morph over the years uh, when it comes to IPAs. Yeah, it has, um, and it's been interesting for me, uh, you know, first as a drinker, right, but second as a producer, mm-hmm. um, to note the changes um, in in kind of taste and then in also the hops and the hops available to brewers yeah. um, to, to brew. And, you know, as you might know, um, hops are contracted out years in advance, so 
even if a hop is available, that doesn't necessarily mean that some of these smaller experimental breweries are going to be able to get it immediately, right? Yeah. So um, sometimes it even takes the breweries a little bit of time to catch up to what they want to brew. I know there's some certain strains of hops that uh, they just can't get anymore, so they can't brew certain styles of beers. I know citra hops are always in way high demand that, uh, you know, they just can't make the beer because there's not there's not enough citra hops out there. Yeah, sometimes it's easier for a home brewer because of the volume we're using to get the hops than the than the you know the craft brewers or all the time uh, most of the time. Absolutely, so, it is. Yeah. I mean, you're you're paying a lot more, but right, yeah. <laughs> so, well, Jonathan, this is this beer. I'm loving it. It's getting rave reviews online. The beer community loves it too. So, uh, you know, I'm sure that this will be one that keeps in good rotation. Yeah, thanks cheers. for sharing it with cheers. us. Cheers. So. Uh, speaking of Monday Night Brewing, so you guys have a great backstory. So the the startup, I know uh, I, I wasn't involved when you guys were starting off, but I have some friends that used to join you for your brew nights and that. But uh, kind of fill people in a little bit on how you guys got started brewing. Well, first of all, I'm just glad you had friends. I do. I just, friend. Couple. I should have made that singular. Friend. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, okay. okay. All my friend. <laughs> yeah. Singular, yes. So... So I met my two business partners, Jeff and Joel, in a uh, Bible study, um, and we started meeting on Monday nights um, to brew beer together socially. So it was a Friday morning Bible study. We'd get together, talk about God, talk about life, and then go about our business. Um, But we didn't really know each other that well. So we started brewing together on Mondays socially um, to, to get to know each other. And we all had white collar day jobs. I was a management consultant, you know, making PowerPoints for a living, um, which is the dream, right? Oh, yeah. It's, I think that's cubicles, PowerPoints. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's good. My stuff. one and a half year old daughter. That's my dream for her. <laughs> um, so we were all wearing neckties to work and we'd come home from work on Mondays, loosen our ties kind of ceremoniously. Right. And then brew beer. And um, the, the loosen necktie became the symbol for doing what we want with uh, our lives, doing what we want with our day jobs. And we actually ended up brewing for five years every Monday night until we launched our business. That's pretty solid for five years to be able to, to keep it going, you know, every Monday night like that. So Yeah, I think we missed one because I had ulcers, and then we missed another because it, it snowed. Well, there's that. That, that could be a problem. But it, you know, it that's, only snows once every five years. That's a great attendance That's true, yeah, exactly. So, yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I'll, give you, I'll give you props for that. So, so yeah, now, um, it's interesting. Uh, you said that, uh, I believe, I've heard stories before that, uh, you know, you'd get people over, um, and people would more people would come, and more people would come, and you'd kind of uh, uh, develop a following on Mondays. And so I've, the phrase, weekends are overrated, is something you guys are known for. Uh, tell us a little bit about that and, uh, you know, how that worked uh, developing your, your brand. Yeah, so honestly, the I'm a marketing guy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I did very little marketing for this brand. It kind of was the story. Um, our name is Monday Night Brewing because we brewed on Monday nights, and our whole, our whole ethos is is you know we brew beer for weeknight consumption, which means we're brewing beers that pair well with food, we're brewing balanced beers, and we're brewing beers that we're not going to just get slammed on. So um, weekends are overrated became you know, the, the phrase that we used, um, because we were actually looking forward to Mondays, which for us was so odd at the time that we're Sunday night. We're like, Oh, I can't wait to brew on Monday. Um, and we realized, Oh my gosh, we shouldn't dread our day jobs. Like that should be something, you know, it's a, we spend a third of our life there. That should be something that we are uh, excited about. So you're Monday night brewing because you were brewing on Monday nights then. You're smart. Right. Wow. So I see why you're not knowing management consulting anymore. Yeah. Then, so, <laughs> but, 
what do we call this? Monday night. Oh, genius. Exactly. Now, you guys started out before you built your brewery here. You started out as a, a contract brewery. Yeah, correct? we did. Yep. So that's because that's we've talked about it before with some others that yeah. that sometimes gets hate from the drink local crowd, the contract brewing. But uh, uh, you guys kind of use that to to get things going, to, to get your place started here in Atlanta, right? Yeah, I mean, there's there's two main benefits. Um, one, uh, it, it helped us with strengths that uh, it helped us accentuate our strengths um, and complement our weaknesses. So, you know, we were good at finance, marketing, operations. Um, we weren't, we didn't know how to run a brewery. Yeah. We'd never yeah. done that before. So that kind of gives you uh, on the job training uh, with the contract right. situation. And, yeah. And then just kind of practically, it also allows you to grow the business slowly which allows um, us to maintain more control over it um, financially and then from a just kind of, you know, um, voting perspective. How long did you guys do that before building your brewery up? Uh, we contract brewed for about a year and a half. Okay, cool. Now the tie wall, we talked yeah. about the the weekends overrated. How'd that get started? Is that a community effort or is it just you guys getting rid of your ties from the corporate <laughs> world or every single one of those ties was donated by someone who visited Monday Night Brewing and uh, actually I don't think I have any ties on that wall um, and they, they get taken frequently so we have to keep kind of replenishing yeah. Okay. Yeah. or so. you guys throw them all over Sweetwater right <clears throat> allegedly I mean <laughs> actually if you check our Instagram yeah yes, I was gonna say, yeah, exactly. there, there, there is some evidence of that you uh, know we, did, we told Nick knock about that when he was on the show and he didn't he didn't know about the the attack on Sweetwater so he said he's gonna have to start scheming there so I've, we're, I've heard uh, we've we may or may not have a bug there um, oh, I've heard there's some the mole. schemes there's a in mole. the works, and okay. I'm, I'm heard it could get rough. Yeah. Oh man, listen, good, good. So I like we're, that. We're instigating, by the way. Yeah. So that's uh, I can know. tell. We, yeah, we, so. we like controversy and conflict. That's uh, you know us in the radio industry like that kind of thing. So, thanks again to the crew at Monday Night for taking the time out to talk to us. We'll be back right after this with Sweetwater's Nick Knock. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show, BeerGuysRadio.com. Hi, this is Bob Sandage, uh, owner of the Wrecking Bar Brew Pub. You're listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. The Beer Guys are back right after this. Hey, it's Aaron, and you're a fan of craft beer, right? And you want to know more about what's going on in the craft beer scene in Georgia? Thanks to the hard work from my co-host, Tim, we are giving you the lowdown on the craft beer scene every week right in your inbox. Go to BeerGuysRadio.com and sign up for This Week in Georgia Beer right at the top. We won't spam you, promise, or sell your name. Just good beer info every week. Plus, you can win great prizes from us. This Week in Georgia Beer, sign up today. BeerGuysRadio.com. Morgan and Lisa with Your Pie Perimeter here. We'd like to invite you to our store for a beer. Is there anything better than pizza? Yep, brick oven pizza that's made fresh and paired with a cold craft beer. That's what you get at Your Pie Perimeter, located in the Perimeter Place Shopping Center by Perimeter Mall. It's the perfect place to relax on the patio with a pint after work or bring the family in. Follow Your Pie Perimeter on Facebook for all our beer events and specials, including beer tastings that you won't find anywhere else. That's Your Pie Perimeter, located in Perimeter Place Shopping Center next to Chipotle. Tell them that the beer guy sent you. Hey, this is Aaron. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We've got some really awesome things that are coming soon that will help us engage with you some more. We're not going to lie to you, though. It takes time, effort, and money to produce this show every week. So if you'd like to be part of the Beer Guys family, we would love your help. Head to patreon.com slash beerguys to become a sponsor. 
we're not going to beg. Okay, maybe just a little bit. But hey, we've got some great swag for those who become a sponsor. And you'll be among the first to know about the great things that are coming to the Beer Guys universe. Again, that's patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash beerguys. Or you can go to beerguysradio.com and click the sponsor link. We thank you for your support and cheers. It's Aaron and Tim, the Beer Guys. If you're like us, no lunch or dinner is complete without a pint or two of craft beer. Which is why Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock is always on our list. Tim, why do they call it Truck and Tap? Well, the tap part is easy. They have 12 of them. Bottles, too. Not sure what to drink? All of their beer servers are Cicerone certified. And if you got someone who isn't a beer fan, not to worry. Truck and Tap carries wine, mixed drinks, and even handcrafted sodas. As for the truck part, well, that's when it gets interesting. Truck and Tap features your favorite Atlanta-area food truck. Trucks Daily. That way, you're getting a different menu every day. Check it out. Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock. Truckandtap.com. Let them know that the Beer Guys sent you. The Beer Guys Radio Show on the Beer Guys Radio Network. BeerGuysRadio.com. Follow the Beer Guys on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. To be the man, you gotta beat the man. Woo! Now, back to the Beer Guys Radio Show. And welcome back to this special edition of the Beer Guys Radio Show. Coming up next, we're talking to the biggest craft brewery in the Southeast. Sweetwater's head brewer Nick Knock joins us in the studio. Let's get into it. Sweetwater. Yeah. Sweetwater. So Sweetwater is uh, one of the of Georgia's oldest breweries. Yep. And it is the largest brewery in the state. Uh, they produce more beer every year than the next 10 largest breweries combined. So they're, they're a big player here. Large brewery in the southeast and, uh, you know, really making a name not just in Georgia. They're known as the the Georgia brewery come in. It kind of oh, yeah. speaks Georgia. It says Atlanta. Sweetwater 420 is the beer I think everybody knows. Number one beer served at bars and restaurants around Georgia. Yeah. Uh, so they're just a big, uh, big identity here in Georgia. No, they are. You know, I've got they hold a special place in my heart because that was the first Georgia craft beer I had was a Sweetwater 420. I loved it. And again, whenever I see it on the menu, usually I'll go ahead and I'll grab it on there. So it's a lot of fun. And of course, when I traveled and talked beer, Sweetwater always comes up. They're like, oh, yeah, you got Sweetwater in your state. So it's trustworthy. It is you know, trustworthy. You know, it's if there's dependable. no other choices, and a 420 is there, and uh, you know that 420 is going to, because a lot of times it's on tap at places where maybe the, there's not a, other craft beer selection. Yeah, but you can if, get you a 420. Exactly. When I live yeah. OTP and I'm, you know, uh, uh, living in Gwinnett County, sometimes uh, the beer selection is not the greatest in the world, but I'm pretty much can guarantee that I'll have a 420 on tap, and that makes me happy. So, Nick Knock, thank you. Well, that was all great stuff. Thank I, you. No, I appreciate it. No, Nick Knock, of course, brewmaster and the third employee of Sweetwater, if from what I hear. Well, fourth depends who second, you heard from. Okay. Technically, I'm the first employee. <laughs> of course. I was working under the owners. I got gotcha. you. So, I got gotcha. you. Right. Well, that, yeah. that if you count sense. the owners as employees, then. Uh, now, that's going on 20 I'm, years now, right? Yep. I'm about to hit okay. the big 2 0. All right. And soon it'll be legal. And there you go. And you've had just enormous growth at this time. Um, Talk to us a little bit about uh, what st- how you guys got started. Where, where did you guys start off from and, and where you've been? It's been a crazy journey. Well, basically it started with a couple guys that went to school in uh, Colorado, Boulder, University of Colorado at Boulder. And uh, they were out here. Freddie, Freddie Bench was out here. And he realized that there was no real West Coast-style ale. And I don't know if you remember back in 96, but it oh, yeah. seemed like all the beers around here were pretty malt-based. Mm-hmm. You had you know the Purple Haze from Abita. You had uh, uh, Dogwood. You had Marthasville, which was, a, I think their number one was like a brown ale. Um, Red Brick was around, and theirs was kind of like a Guinness-like brown ale. And so Freddie and Kevin came out here, and they are like, let's open up a brewery. And 
they, as far as I'm concerned, they pretty much introduced the hops to uh, the south southeast. You know, it's interesting. Yeah, I never really thought about that. But, yeah, I moved here in about 2000. And besides uh, besides the 420, yeah, it, it was all brown ales. I mean, that's yeah. all it really was locally. You're yeah, right. it, was, it was very malty. Yeah. yeah. Which, there's nothing wrong with malty. No, definitely not. But, yeah. you know, I think they realized that there was a door that was open, and they said, let's go through. Yeah. So, I mean, we really introduced the hops, and we're still a big fan of the hops. I mean, we go crazy with our hops on pretty much all of our beers, except for our Georgia Brown, even our happy ending that just won the medal. That's mm-hmm. dry hopped. Nice. And dry hopping and Imperial Stout, I don't think that's run of the mill. That's uh, it's not. No, yeah. that's uh, that's uh, sometimes I like to cellar my happy endings a little bit before I drink them. Like right. that, that's you sure. know my personal preference. But you know that that hoppy stout style is inter- interesting. So, speaking of hoppy beers, I've yes. got one here in my hand that you brought to share with us. The Going Coastal, which we have talked about, we were lucky enough to get a preview there. So, for those that may not know about this this beer, Nick, uh, you want to tell them a little bit about it, and I'll open one up for us here. Sure, definitely. Um, so we do seasonals. Nice. You shot that on my knee. There you Real go. Cool. That's all you get. <laughs> there you go. That's all I get. Great. I'll lick my knee right now. Uh, <laughs> so we knew we needed to come out with something special for the spring, summer. And, um, we were trying to think of something that really represents the spring and summer. So we came up with like tropical with that. We came up with a uh, pineapple. So we really didn't want to go crazy on the pineapple. We still wanted to have an IPA where you still got the hops. You still got the malt, but we made it so that we added pineapple to it, so there's like a little pineapple hint, like a backbone. So it's not overpowering the beer whatsoever. It's still a quality IPA, but you got pineapple in there. It's refreshing. It's very drinkable, and it just you just want to take it onto a beach. Yeah, and, and that's I'm sorry, the one no. thing I really notice about it is, is is in your label it says an IPA with pineapple. Yeah, I think that is very important. Not a pineapple IPA. Exactly. Yeah, right. Because that's something. Yeah, and that's something you, you did try to make clear to us. You know, because a lot of these beers that are adding fruit, they're really mm. hitting it heavy. You know, sure. making them sweet and dominating. So this is this is more complimentary than the forefront. There's yeah, a lot of beers way. out there that are like fruit juice, mm-hmm. right? You know, and yeah. like an adult fruit juice. You know. Yeah, and not even like a framboise or anything. And this mm-hmm. is definitely not it. I'm just taking a couple of sips. Of course, I've had it before, but uh, again, this is beautiful because you get it on the nose, and then you taste it a little bit on the back end. But this is just a solid IPA, regardless. I mean, it's don't let the pineapple f- scare you away from this one. The pineapple seems to flow everything together really. Mm-hmm. It's a right. really smooth drinking beer, which is uh, really cool. Definitely, you know, and I'm I'm a fan of all your all of your IPAs too. Uh, you know, the classic IPA you have in the, in the yellow can, which is which old is yellow, old yellow, exactly. You know, <laughs> maybe it gets a little bit overlooked sometimes, but I know it's definitely got a got great dues. And I know Pace Magazine had it as one of their top uh, beers when they IPAs when they reviewed it, uh, even beating out a couple of stalwarts or more um, maybe uh, buzzword worthy right. beers. Sometimes, well, that's a lot of people. And, you know, in beer, going for the buzzworthy beers is the cool thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. for beer geeks, but. You know, I say several times, if you get a fresh Sweetwater IPA, mm-hmm. it's right up there with the best of them. I mean, yeah. it's great. I love going to the brewery and getting it, you know, getting it fresh or knowing that what I'm having is fresh. And uh, it's it's just a fantastic beer. Yeah. So The cool thing about the IPA, like I said, I think that Sweetwater brought the hops to town. Um, I've ran into people that had the IPA 10 years ago, and they live in California or whatever. And then they come back and they say, this is still my favorite IPA. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still in the back of their head as a comparison note. Which is, that's the best compliment ever. And you've been playing a little bit with your IPAs, too, using some of the hop hash. Uh, you know, you've had the hash session IPAs, which, which frankly, again, is one of my one of my favorite session IPAs that's out there. You've also, of course, had the regular IPA with, that, with the hash out there. Talk to me a little bit about that process and what kind of took you through that. Well, the, the hash was really cool. I was sitting down with uh, one of the CEOs of one of the hop brokers in the country, and he was telling me about this hash, which is actually like a byproduct. Um, when the hops go through a pelletizer, it's real sticky and resiny. 
And ultimately, they would just bag it up and throw it out. And I was like, wait a second, you got the stuff called hash? I was like, <laughs> and you're throwing it out? Let's, let me give it some of that. So initially, we made one, and um, we brought it out as a dank tank, and we gave that thing as a test drive during the uh, 420 Fest three years ago, I believe. And it got such a, it was so well received that we went on and we created Hop Hash, which is a double IPA with a bunch of hash. And when you drink it, you can actually, it's almost chewy. Like, I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, you can really feel the hash in there, which is uh, very interesting. I think it puts it in a whole different category of any other double IPA or IPA in general. Yeah, and that, that, how, oh, that Dank Tank release, that was uh, Johnny Hash. Was that was that Johnny one, right? Hash, that, that, yep. So I remember that one, a big one. So speaking of the Dank Tank, so that's uh, that's kind of your experimental tank, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, some other beers that came out, BSP Quad, something you did with the Brick oh, Store Club. Yeah. I know that, that was came a great out, one. So yeah. that's, we, we tried a vintage bottle of that when we talked In to the, the guys cellar, at Brick yeah. Store. So, well, uh, we share the same birthday year as Brick Store. So okay. it's okay. kind of special between the two of us. You know, It's like yeah. if you do have a cellar one, you can... Cheers to Sweetwater. You can cheers to the brick store. There you go. So now what's uh, what's some other things that we may see coming out of the Dank Tank in the future? Um, we got a, a really cool one coming out. It's going to be a 100% Britannomyces IPA. Okay. Uh, okay. That's in the works right now, but that's one of those beers where we don't tell it when it's done. It tells us when it's done. Mm-hmm. So it's it's not necessarily in the holding pattern, but, you know, we're knocking on its door. should be coming out next couple months or so. And with that, you have to wait till Brett kind of does its thing before you can do the dry hops and exactly. all that, right? Dry yeah. hop will be, so. probably be one of the very last things. Yeah, because you're talking months sometimes until the Brett decides it's done with what done with your beer, huh? Right. And then uh, once we dry hop it, we're going to bottle condition. So that's going to be oh, great. a couple extra months. Okay. Cool. Yeah, and I had uh, the, one of the latest ones you had, too, was the pulled porter with a nice smoky flavor to it. And I know smoked porters can be kind of a, a different taste for people, but I just really, it just tasted like barbecue for me. I really enjoyed that. Well, it had too, bacon so. in it. Exactly. And that came from the Fox <laughs> Brothers, which, guess what? They do barbecue. Yes. And if anything that's got barbecue and bacon in it and beer, you put I'm, a, I'm happy Was with there it. actual bacon in there? Did you, or essence was, of bacon? They smoked the malt with us, or yeah. they smoked the malt for us with bacon on the grill. That wraps up our special Thanksgiving Day episode, but before we sign off, we wanted to give some thanks of our own. That's right. We've got some great sponsors on the show, including Truck and Tap in downtown Woodstock. Zach and the Truck and Tap crew are our first sponsors, and thanks for believing in us. Also, Jason Jones, Hopspot Beer Tour is a great outfit and a pretty great guy as well. And we're also giving thanks to our newest sponsor, to Your Pie Perimeter. Morgan and Lisa are great beer people, and they make some really great pizza. Definitely. And also, we have uh, supporters on Patreon, our newest ones, Justin Crandall and John Carter. So thanks for your support. And don't forget to head to patreon.com slash beerguys if you'd like to support us. And let's not forget the awesome people who help us out on the show, Becky Klein and Parker Williams. They help us out and make sure the show runs smoothly. Well, as smoothly as possible. Yeah, they got to keep us in line, so it's usually not a good thing. It's a tough job. It is, definitely. Someone's got to do it. And, of course, we'd also like to thank our stations and affiliates, AM 920 The Answer in Atlanta, Biz 1190, and WEKI and WTKI in Huntsville and Decatur, Alabama. And, of course, all the great guests that we've had on the show. Thanks for your generosity and the great conversation. And finally, but most importantly, we want to thank you. When we had the idea of this show about a year ago, we weren't sure how people would take to it, Mm -hmm. if anyone would enjoy it. But you all have been amazing in your support and encouragement. We really have a great time doing the show, and we are very thankful to you for listening to oh, us. I got to missed up a little bit, Tim. Sorry, it's getting a little, a little bit, yeah, a little misty here. Someone's but, cutting uh, onions in here. It, it is. It's terrible. No, hey, before we start to missed up and everything, it's time to say goodbye for this week. Coming up next week, we'll be talking stouts and porters, so have a great rest of your Thanksgiving weekend. Enjoy your time with friends and family, and don't forget to drink local. Cheers. 
Thanks for listening to the Beer Guys Radio Show. We're on demand via iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Always online at BeerGuysRadio.com. Aaron and Tim are back next week with more about the amazing world of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.